Welcome to Kingdom Light Church. We believe this message by Dave Besson will find entrance in your heart and impact in your life in a supernatural way. For more information, please visit our website, Instagram account, and Facebook page. Go, go with me to Deuteronomy 28. A couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned that when William came as a prophet, Balak hired him to curse the people of God. He couldn't. Every time he stood on the mountain looking down on the children of Israel, he said, I cannot curse what God has blessed. That's an Old Testament occurrence, but it just shows you how powerful the blessing of God is. Amen? Say the blessing of God. So Deuteronomy 28 is preached a lot and spoken about a lot as the blessings and the cursings. Um, There's another scripture that says in, in the Old Testament, it says, I lay before you life and death, blessings and cursings. And then he, in case you don't understand what you should choose, he says, choose life. Inclusive of, of that is choose blessing. Blessing is not just a financial term. Blessing and blessedness relates to shalom, which is nothing broken, nothing missing. It's the blessing of God. It's the peace of God. So blessing includes healing, includes peace, includes deliverance, includes safety, includes protection. That's the blessing of God, all right? So if I read Deuteronomy 28, it says, And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken. Say, if thou. Um, If you, starts the Amplified, will listen. So say conditional. Now I'm not going to waste time on this. Not that I don't want to read it. It's great. It's awesome. And there's awesome definition on blessing. In your basket, in your comings, in your goings, in the seed of your field, in the seed of your womb. Everything that is good that is mentioned there is blessing. But what we don't understand is it's conditional. And conditional puts it in the first system that J.D. was speaking about, two systems, the system of law and this world and condemnation. It puts it in the first system. And the first system is dependent on your works. The first system is dependent on your ability to achieve. So even the blessing is all-inclusive in the curse. So it's blessings and cursings, but conditional. So it's part of the fall of man, it's part of the curse. All right? Jesus comes and he dies on a tree. Galatians says, Cursed is everyone that dies upon a tree. So he became a curse for us. So the curse has been broken. If we take that and we pass that through the cross in Ephesians, it said, We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We need to have an establishment of heart that says, I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. As the song says, when I wake up in the morning, when I laid my head to rest, I am blessed. Unconditionally, from God's side, the goodness says, I have chosen to bless you. Whether you receive it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you know it or not, I have chosen to bless you in Christ. Romans 8 says, If God did not spare His only Son, 
His precious son. Can I add into that? His precious son. His only son. His, his most precious possession. If God did not keep him back, but gave him up for us all, before we even knew, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. If God did that for us while we were enemies, while we were yet sinners, then it goes on. How will he now? I, I, Holy Spirit, I pray, give them eyes of seeing, ears of hearing, heart of understanding. Open everybody's understanding up to receive at another level this morning that as the Holy Spirit speaks, they will never be the same again, but they will be changed and touched and renewed by the, the good news, the gospel, the power of it, which is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God, unto the, the very powerfulness of God unto salvation. How will he now not freely give us all things? Hello? He takes Jesus' awesomest gift on the cross, takes the manif magnificent manifestation of it, says, this is what Jesus did for you and me. He said, but in view of that and the largeness of it, he hasn't stopped. Even now, that love is in operation towards you and all. Ah, God's goodness is in operation to you and me. Did I say I was walking up and down? Did I say it now? Or did I say it in the first? I was walking up and down Wednesday night. We are praying. We're praying. And I go and hang over the, the, the we're thanking God for salvation, hang over the baptismal pool side. And I'm looking in and I'm praying words. And I start listening to the words I'm praying. And God said, your logical, legalistic understanding of my goodness cannot be compared. You do not really understand. I am so much higher than what you understand as goodness, as salvation. My salvation, my goodness, my forgiveness cannot be measured by earthly standards. Man's idea of forgiveness will always have a limitation. Man's idea of freedom will always have a limitation. I'll say, I will forgive you up until. God will allow that, but he won't allow that. We put all sorts of limitations on God. God is not limited in his understanding. He said, do not limit me to your, that's what he said to me. As I leaned over, he said, do not limit me to your understanding of my love. My love is immeasurable. My love cannot be understood. Just receive it in belief. My love is awesome. Woo! Excuse me, I've got to just let some of that stuff out sometimes. Okay. So we have been blessed. You know the, the intention of God to bless? God is doing creation work. He makes man. The very next thing he does, and he blessed them. God's intent to bless you and me, and remember, I'm not just talking money, I'm not just, I'm talking that there's more to blessing than money. You heard about the man, he's got a good job, he's looked after, he, he's working in a good job, he falls off the bucky, he could lose his life, he falls on his head. Just the fact that you're alive, that you're breathing. You know, it takes a fall off a ladder at 65 to make you conscious of the fact that, you know what? Maybe I could have fallen myself stickened, you know, like gone. I was entangled in a bicycle and a ladder and all sorts of other things. Man, you come down kind of fast. I tried to grab the rafters. All I did was get a handful of nothing. Have you ever tried to hold yourself up with a handful of nothing? 
Actually, I did have something. I had a loose shelf full of Godot spanners. You know what it looks like when Godot spanners start raining after you while you're falling? You know, if they fall on your toe out of your hand, it's shorn up, but when they fall from the top of the roof onto you, none of them hit my head. None of them. And then you start to realize, you know what? God is good. God is awesome. God does stuff, okay? So to be blessed, Jesus, God, at creation says, bless them. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. That's God's intent, intention right there. Jesus standing on the mountain just before he goes. He said everything he wants to say. He's about to leave the church. He said, Lo, I, Lo, you know, is your name Lo? The Afrikaans man, that's name is Lo. He was speaking to that guy. He said, and Lo, I'm with you always. No, no, no. He's with you all, always. He said, and believe this, I am with you always. And then he raised his hands and he blessed them. The, apost- the apostolic um, uh, remnant that is leaving behind to plant the church with their people on the top of the mountain, greeting the last thing he does, and he blessed them. I'm blessed. God's intent to bless you with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I'm not cursed, okay? The curse has been done away with. The curse has been done away with. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. God came to bring us life. (sighs) Say the just shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the right standing, righteousness, justness, completeness of what God has promised. The just, those who are already made righteous like you, shall live by the faith in that. That I am righteous, that God has done a work in me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. So, in this week, oh man, there was so much going on since JD and Sean and everybody else has been preaching. It's been like crazy stuff, man. Look at all this stuff coming out of the Bible. I'm like, woo, man, we're going to preach this stuff alive now. Amen? <laughs> so we, I'm, 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 I don't know when it was, after JD preached, I'm getting out of the shower and he preached on two systems and he said, the one is like a broken bicycle that you're forever trying to fix by your own effort. You put the chain on and you pedal twice and the chain comes off. That's when your own effort by works. You are living by works from place to place, from thing to do. I am trying to qualify myself. It's like a broken bicycle. That's that system. But the other system is like a chauffeur-driven car with a man with white gloves that says, my son, I have saved you. Get in. I'm going to drive you. So I'm not attempting to get to a place of fulfilled righteousness that I can now depart and be a son of God and now start to preach. I'm not trying to get to a destination of righteousness, not trying to get to a place where I'm good enough to preach. I am already there. I get into the car and the car takes me so that I can now start ministering out of a position of seatedness. I'm getting out of the shower and because of certain things that happened and certain things I saw, not related to J.D.'s sermon, but related to things I was experiencing and people I were I, I actually realized that th- th- there's a scripture in Galatians that says, he said, if, I still, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still yet persecuted? Because the circumcision is part of that act of trying to be 
when God has already circumcised me with a circumcision not made with hands, he has cut off something, the old man has passed away, I am a new man. He said, if I am preaching that, why am I still yet persecuted? He said, then the cross has lost its offense. You see, the cross, in essence, is an offending message. And I see people all the time, they want to do stuff to be stuff. Why is it that when you are offered a system that does away with the bicycle, you go back to choosing the bicycle? I still do not understand it. It doesn't work in my brain. I want to have a works mentality. I want to ride a stick in the bicycle. I had people in my first church that would come to me and say, Pastor, wanneer gaan jy vir ons weer bykie pak gee? Pastor, when are you going to deal out some hidings again? We need a fresh hiding. Meaning a sermon that slaps you around and tells you how bad you are. And then when I've got you all condemned and fearful of going to hell, I preach hell as hot as I can get it. You can feel the flames. You can feel the heat. You can smell the sulfur. And when you're shivering and shaking in your boots, I don't want to go to hell. Then I said, you get up the front here and kneel down. And you get a whole bunch of people and it makes the pastor feel so good because now I've achieved something. Everybody's running to the front and falling on their knees. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. And then they go back to doing what they were doing last week. So it's not working. If what you're doing is, the question always is, how's it working for you? If that message, the Bible says, was setting them free, it wouldn't have been necessary to send another offering upon another offering upon another offering. He said, no, but this, free, this freedom has come to set you free. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. I said, God, what is it about man that they desire to ride a boat, broken bicycle instead of believing and receiving the faith that is in what Jesus has done? It's incredible. Incredible that we would choose over and over again. It's the psyche of fallen man. It's the psyche of flesh wanting to and desiring to be justified by their own works. It's like Sean always used to say, you get given an, a, a, a tag you or watch from your wife or from somebody and they give you a tag you and it's like, wow, man. First of all, the first question is, do I deserve this? I don't really deserve this gift. It's like too much. And then morning when the guy's opening the shutter doors at, at um, I don't know, Cartier watches or something, some really BMW type place where the, these awesome watches, you standing at the door in your work clothes. And the man says, can I help you? And he said, I've come to work. He said, but you don't work here. He said, no, but you see this watch? He said, yes, I recognize that watch. We make those watches. So I've come to pay for that watch. He said, sir, but I seem to recall if I recognize that watch and that serial number, your wife paid for that watch. That watch is already paid for. How come you want to work for something that's already paid for? Ooh, ooh. How come you want to work for, for something that's already paid for? Jesus paid for your redemption, paid for your forgiveness, paid for your healing, paid, but now you want to work it out. You don't have to work it up, it's yours. Receive it. Stop fixing the broken bicycle. Ride in the back of the car. Believe like Abraham. You're a child of God. You're an heir of the Father. You're a joint heir with the Son. Start believing that. Hallelujah. So, some of the stuff I'm going to quote this morning is, is, has to do with that stuff. And... Um, where is my model? Ding, ding, ding. Did you put it back? My Catholic thing, come on. 
Don't put it back. It's my Catholic thing. No, it's not. Hallelujah. Smile. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see. Ooh, okay. Ah. So, let's put it this way first. J.D. said something awesome. He said, the Bible is not supposed to be read from left to right. From left to right. From your left to right. In other words, you're not supposed to read the Bible, introduction, preface, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, end, conclusion. You'll have a lot of technical information. You'll have a lot of knowledge. You will be someone that has read a lot of words, but it won't unlock the truth of the fullness of the word. Oh. The Bible is unfolded from the center where the cross is. The Bible can only be understood from the finished work of Jesus. It's all about that. So if I read about Jesus and it is finished, and then I read it this way and that way, I will start to have the glasses of salvation on because I'm reading the Bible from its intent. Are you with me? Okay, so if I put the Bible, if I put the cross this way, where did the light of the world come? That's Old Testament. This is New Testament. Where did the light of the world come? The light of the world came down into darkness, opened my eyes that I see, the song says, in Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Malachi, prophesying from this side, says when he comes, he will be the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Son, S-U-N. We know he's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the resurrection. He's the life. He's the lion of Judah. He's the lily of the valley. He's all those things, but he's still Jesus. So he's called son of righteousness, S-U-N. He says, when he arises, he'll arise with healing in his wing. When did that happen? When Jesus came. When was the price paid? On the cross. So Matthew, up until the cross, he's still Old Testament. He was born from a woman under the law. It's all still, but I still have to read it with the intent. Then the light rises and the, 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 the inheritance comes. What happens if I turn a massive light a son of righteousness on, on the side of the cross in the New Testament. What happens is a shadow falls down from that cross going backwards into the Old Testament. The shadow that falls into the Old Testament now is not substance, it's shadow. If I'm looking on the ground and I see an aircraft shadow, I cannot get into the shadow and travel to London. All I know is that an aircraft has just flown past. It's shadow. But out of the shadow, there was awesome stuff of glory because Isaiah says, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I'm healed. He's all saying that from the shadow. Arise, shine, for your light has come. When it came there. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. He's talking via a shadow. It's not near to substance. He's just talking about it's coming. Hello? Hallelujah. When we put the right glasses on and we start reading from the intent of God, from the middle, from the grace of God, 
A lot of the law things that Arthur's coming to speak about, even in the New Testament, make a lot more sense once we start to see the intent of God through the substance. That's why it, it, it says, um, for instance, um, our Father in the New Testament, but not yet through the cross, forgive us this day our trespasses as we forgive. Once again, that conditional forgiving. I only get forgiven unless I forgive. Through the cross, in Ephesians and Colossians, it says, forgive one another as God, for Christ's sake, has, can I add this word in, already forgiven you. My forgiveness takes place from a place of being forgiven. I give because I've got. I am, I've received something that's so awesome. My heart is so touched by who I am in Christ. My thankfulness turns around and I start giving out of what I've got. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength and all thy might and love thy neighbor as thyself. Some of you might think you can love God 24-7, but you do sleep, you do eat, and you do turn the radio on, and in 24-7 time, you're not loving him like, sort of like he loves you. He loves you constantly. He's awake over you. He's mindful of you 24-7. You can't do that. And then and we don't even start to talk about your neighbor. It says these two are the greatest commandments, and from them hang all the rest. The rich young ruler found that out very quickly because when he was confronted by Jesus, he said, go away, give everything you have, come here and follow me. To the point, he went away sad because he had a lot of things. His trust was in money. Hello? Because he knew he'd broken the top commandment right there. Oh, here, O Israel, your God is one. Love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. <laughs> he realized he loved money more than he loved God. He just failed in number one. And your neighbor? And your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Woo! They had big arguments with the Pharisees because they had a lot of problems with their neighbors. He said, your neighbor as yourself. If we take that commandment through the cross, this is what it says. We love him because he first loved us. That unconditional love that went beyond my eneminess, my state of separation, that said, I love you, irrespective, now causes me to love. Amen? So, so J.D., thank you for those awesome messages on, on the bicycle and on the road and on that stuff. It was just absolutely, it set my, my life on fire with a whole lot of stuff, okay? So, um, I wonder if we can go this morning uh, just quickly to Romans 8. Romans 8. I just want to focus on some stuff this morning quickly. Almost there, almost there, almost there. Romans 16, Romans 8. Are you still okay? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Uh, this is awesome scripture. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Oh, I don't know. You, I don't know if you got it because if you did, you would have been standing on your chair screaming, "Hallelujah!" Let's read thirty-four. Who is it that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Yeah. Who shall bring any charge amplified against God's elect when it is God who justifies? That is, 
um, who puts us in right relation to himself, who shall come forward and accuse, everybody say accuse, or impeach those whom God has chosen. Will God, who acquits us? <laughs> who is there to condemn us? Will Christ Jesus the Messiah who died, or rather who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, actually be pleading as interceding for us? Hello? Are you out there? So let's just quickly do this. Who accused who in the Bible? Who is the accuser of the brethren? The enemy. What did he use to accuse you with? The law system. Because without the impartation of law, there is no sin. So J.D. said, it's like a road that has been tarred, but the lines have not yet been painted on it. So there's a stop sign, but who was to know there was a stop sign? There's no white line in the road that says stop. There's no stop sign on the side. You are driving down that road as a stranger. You do not know that you are committing an offense. You just drive straight through the stop sign. But then along comes the painter, and he paints stop. The law comes into effect the moment the stop sign is put up, and then the knowledge of it, and then I've got a... There's a stop sign that wasn't here before. Are you with me? So the enemy uses the schoolmaster, who is the law, who points us to our inability to keep it. He points via the law, the schoolmaster, unto grace. So he's accusing us. The law shows shows up and we go, oh, we can't do this. The accuser uses that. And J.D. quoted the Colossian scripture, I think it is, that says he... He, he, when he was crucified, he took the law and its, its implementation, he took it and nailed it to, to the cross with himself. So a whole bunch of stuff went to the cross. My old man went to the cross. Galatians 2 says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. My old man went to the cross. The last Adam of the species went to the cross. Hello? So Adam is on the cross. The Adamite species is on the cross. Are you with me? What else is on the cross? The accusation is on the cross because the law and its implementation is completed and taken with Jesus because Jesus becomes the judgment of that. So it's all on the cross. The law is on the cross. The old Adam is on the cross. I'm on the cross. Everything, Jesus took that with him. Then he said, he blotted it out. And Peter had that awesome revelation, that blotting paper, and the, 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 the operation of blotting is to actually take on the DNA of something. So he became us, and we became him. Hello. You see how much renewal of mind needs to take place? how much remembrance needs to be there, how much we have to take this stuff and constantly remind ourselves about it until it becomes an established truth. That I am righteous, that I'm God's son, that I can walk in these things because God has done this. My mind needs to have that renewal. 
Otherwise, I'm going to go back to the broken bicycle because it makes me feel good. But it doesn't do any good. Hallelujah. So, the accuser has been, there's a scripture that says, the accuser has been cast down. So with the curse taken care of, and the sins and the judgment taken care of, the accuser has also been cast down. He has nothing more to accuse you with except deception. So the curse is being taken care of. So there's a woman, I wish I could do all of this. Okay, quickly, quickly, last thing. So there's a woman caught in the act of adultery. He says to them, he's writing in the dust, and one of the interpretations, nobody knows what he actually wrote, but it's a good guess that he took the finger of God, once upon a time wrote the letters of law, 2 Corinthians 3, on stone, on tablets of stone. We have a stone heart that has been removed, and God gave us a flesh heart. So once upon a time, the law was written on stone. You are from dust you are, and to dust you will return. In that sense, Jesus is writing in the dust. He's writing about the accusation to them, and he says, you are without sin, cast the first stone. And they, they suddenly get convicted. And they, they go, wow, we can't do this. Because we all have something. We've all fallen short and come short of the glory of God. And so they leave one after the other. From the oldest to the youngest. Now the important thing is, he goes to the woman. He says, woman, where are your accusers? Listen carefully. Where are your accusers? She lifts her eyes up and looks. It's just her and Jesus. How many people say, Jesus had the full right to stone her? Because he was without sin. But he's not an accuser. <laughs> he said, where are your accusers? She looks up and she said, no one here, Lord. No one here, Lord. There's no accusers here, including Jesus. Jesus is not an accuser. No one here, Lord. So the accusation of the attack has been taken away with all its incent, uh, the, in, all the insights into it. There is no accusation. People come to me and they say, how do I know that I should listen to this prophet or listen to that prophet or do this or do that? I say, listen, you have to look for the image of Christ. Did Christ walk around accusing? No. Did Christ walk around condemning? No. Did Christ love on everybody? Yes. Did he control everybody? No. Did he put fear on people? No. As long as the message has got no condemnation, no control, no fear, is filled and, and injected full of love, if that person is an image of the voice, remember the two voices, the voice in the earth now, Christ, mercy, Christ, grace, Christ, forgiveness. If that is what you are hearing, sit down and listen. 
But if there's a measure of leaven of the Pharisees that wants to put you on one little, tiny little bit, that's why it's called leaven. All you need is a little piece in the lump that starts to convict you and condemn you and control you. Run, baby, run. I say again, run. I wish I had time to preach the finish of this where it comes and it speaks about the gospel. Man, you need to put these glasses on. Go read good news. Everywhere you see gospel, go and read whatever it says about the good news and the gospel. Jesus, a poor, very, very, very outspoken, not in just the two scriptures that we know, but in many places said, if anybody preach another gospel than this gospel, a curse Man, he was really outspoken when it came to this message because he knew what it does. Second Corinthians 3 says it's the letter that kills. It's a letter that kills, condemns, and fills you with fear. But he says then comes another message. Where the Spirit is of the Lord, there is freedom and there is transformation. There is change from one dimension of glory, which is the passing one of the law, to another dimension which is unfading. How do I change myself from a bicycle rider to a car rider? How do I change myself to someone who believes in this righteousness? Have my mind renewed. Amen? Constantly looking into the law of liberty and understanding my freedom. Hallelujah. Did you get it this morning? Was I a bit long-winded this morning? I apologize. Are you, are you okay? Are you free? Come on, guys. Come on. We need to get to the place where this stuff gets so part of us that if I pick up any book, that I listen to any tape, that I listen to any sermon or preacher on the, on the TV, that I do anything. The moment I feel there's a measure of condemnation, I'm not talking about being um, judgmental or anything, but the moment I feel it's not good news, that it's putting me in a, in a place of condemnation and, and the conviction is not by the Holy Spirit and love to do something better in my life and not by works, then I've got to be very careful. I hope I've been been okay this morning with you is, is that all right is that okay did you get something amen hallelujah okay stand stand okay so here's the thing say this after me i cannot i must not i shall not mix law and grace Two examples. You cannot put new wine in an old wineskin. That's what that story is about. God is talking about law and grace. He says, if you want to put the new wine of the Spirit in a controlling, defining measure of wineskin of law, it doesn't mix. Damage will occur. The second example of this is Paul is preaching to the Galatians. He said, there are two women. Them and their offspring are two different systems. It's a demonstration lesson in stuff. He said, you have Hagar, the slave woman, and her child, Ishmael. They represent the system of law. And the current Jerusalem, which now is, by the way. Just throwing that in. He said, then there is another woman. Her name is Sarah, and her child is of promise. 
She represents the Jerusalem which is from above. You cannot let the law woman and her child be allowed to grow up in the same house, in the same room. You cannot let the woman of law teach the the woman and her child of grace anything. Get rid of, and even as it is today, it says, the woman, the slave woman and her son persecute the free woman and her son. So he was reading, and I close. I promise I close. He said, if circumcision, Paul says in Galatians 3, 11 or something like that, 5, 11, says, if circumcision is preached by me, he said, why am I still yet being persecuted? He said, then the cross has lost its offense. What does he say? The stone that the builders rejected. Jesus and his death on the cross has become the centerpiece. It's become the chief cornerstone. It's a rock of offense and a stone of stumbling to them that do not want to receive it. Guys, this gift is so free. It is so good. Just remember this morning's message. You cannot mix the two. You have to either take the freedom with everything it's got and go with it, or you have to go back to doing the entire law. And you can't do that one. So accept your freedom. Can I shock you this morning as I close? There are thousands and thousands and literally thousands of people all over the world that do not hear this message. And the sad thing about it, that's why we want to go all over the world in 2020. The sad thing about it is they go Sunday for Sunday for Sunday and they read a mixture of word. They get a wineskin that's old with new wine and there's damage. And J.D. read you two things. Can, you, can I make you laugh as you go home because you look so serious you want to cry? J.D. read all those things in Galatians. He said you get, you get strife and you get bitterness and you get jealousy and you get biting. The external man of religion stands in the church. Tie on, suit on, lacquer, lacquer, sing the right songs, look the right way, hands raised. Man, they look holy. They look so holy. They look holier than me in my check shirt. They really look holy. They sound holy. They're everything. If you go to their meetings, their church board meetings, if you go to their families, if you go, you find nothing but the things that were described in the works of the flesh. You find biting and strife and all kinds of manifestations of the flesh because the flesh can only produce flesh. Hello? Okay. Yo, where the law is in strife, it says it. Now, so I'm riding with Deborah. So we're coming from the house, coming down to church. There's all kinds of funny signboards. On the, on, the, on the light poles. You know, news, news, and you can take them seriously, you can change them around. I said, you know what I often do? I often make up my own little, somebody tells me a story. I said, how would that look on the signpost at the, at the corner? Pastor beats his wife with baseball bat and then runs away. You know, that, that kind of thing. How would those things look on the, and we're laughing about it, making jokes about it. And she said, but there was a genuine one in Portugal. I said, really? She said, yeah. The, 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 the sign read like this. Pastor wins lotto. 
runs away. Pastor wins lotto, then runs away. Peter says, it's not the external man or woman, the flesh, the, the, the shaping of the hair, the putting on the face, or the leaving off of it, the carrying of gold. He said it's not, but it's the hidden man or woman of the heart. Say religion is external, filled with things that look good, but inside. But spirit is heart. It's relationship. What was in that man's heart? Money and leaving the ministry. So when the freedom came, guess what? It manifested. He ran. Years ago, Arthur, that's coming next week, said to me, Dave, I wanted to reprimand a man in my church. He was giving me all kinds of hassles. And he was like my fizzy worshiper, and I wanted to be fist for the worshiper. He said to me, don't address it. Love him through it. I said, why? He said, because if you address it, all you're going to get is he's going to put on another mask and he's going to come to church with extra masks. He said, but show him love and show him what love looks like and he'll start removing the masks. The first thing that grace does, it starts bringing up like Eno's. All the stuff you didn't realize that was in you that you suppressed because thou shalt not. So you pushed it down under the suppression and you didn't want to admit that it's there. But when the hidden man of the heart is changed and transformed by the love of the Lord Jesus, out starts to flow like Enos, bubbling up from within you, a Christ-like representation, and everybody starts to see the light. And they say, you are the light of the world. You are the love of God. There's something in you that I want. On Thursday night, I preached this message, simile something. And for a long time, I haven't seen this. There was like six people that have never been to a grace church in their life. And a lady made her way to the front. I didn't make an invitation. I made an, an altar call and I prayed for people for redemption. A lady came to the front afterwards and she stood in front of me, tears streaming down her face. She said, how do I know I'm not going to go back to this and this and this and this, all externals. I said, I don't care if you do. The fact is that inside something has changed and that light is coming up from the inside of you. And the more love you receive, the more love you will become. Thank you for being patient with me this morning. But I think it's time we started hitting this thing with everything we've got because there's thousands and thousands of people that are in bondage that don't know how free they are. Amen. You've watched us today on live streaming. Thank you for being with us. Come and watch us again. You're so blessed. Let us pray for you. We have prayer requests. We have a testimony book. Send your prayer request to us. We'll pray with you on a Wednesday night for your prayer request. And you're so blessed. To you, your Wednesday night, see you Sunday with Arthur, whatever, but be blessed. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about Kingdom Light Church and upcoming local and international events, please follow our Facebook page, Instagram account, or visit our website at www.kingdomlightchurch.com. Dot co.za.